you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. <laughs> I feel like saying we're back, right? <laughs> For sure. So we're having fun recording these. We're doing them in my office here at our ranch in Elizabeth and think we're getting the hang of it. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think I'm so? I'm loving it. Yeah. There's some technical stuff that we're still a little shady on, but mostly good. Right. For sure. So, so what do you think we should talk about today? Well, you've discussed your deck of whispers from a horse's heart. Yeah. Which you sold a bunch of at all yeah. the expos around yeah. the country. Sold a lot of those. <laughs> your book, Opona Lisa, we've discussed yeah. that. Your other book, What the Heck is Gestalt? Yeah. We covered a little bit about that. And we haven't talked, or you haven't talked about your book, Equisology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That would be the one we should do next, I think. Hmm. Thank you. He's a good prompter. He's doing well with all his prompting. Sometimes. So, sometimes, right. Yeah. Sometimes I don't appreciate his prompts, but here I do for sure. So I actually have a co-author in that book and I will bring her on for an interview one day. And she has a lot to be said. She's a tremendous horsewoman in Virginia. Her name's Carolyn Fitzpatrick. So Carolyn was a student of mine in the Equine Gestalt coaching program. And she heard me lecture a lot and talk a lot about temperament and typology, which is a really big part of my methodology. And I would often say, oh, I type my horses for fun. And she was fascinated with that. And being a good horseman herself, she was really interested. So after she graduated, she approached me and she said, I really want to learn more about that. I want to do that. What do you think about you and I writing a book together on the method, on the temperament typing of horses? So we did. Had a ball writing it, designing camps that I'll have her talk about for people to bring their horses to, to learn more about the type of your horse, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, thanks for asking, babe. So it's deciphering basically human and horse typology. So what the heck is typology? So, you know, I harass you with it all the time. I'm always saying, oh, that person's an NF or, oh, she's an SJ yeah, or, oh, or she's J, a P or, P, or right, all the, le all the letters. <laughs> There's no O, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the expert in it, obviously, but it's fun. So basically it goes way back to a methodology started by a mother and daughter team that developed something called the Myers-Briggs. And the Myers-Briggs is over 400 questions, is usually done by a therapist or a psychologist, and there's a lot of applications for it. But a good mentor of mine, David Kiersey, took the Myers-Briggs and he found a way to create the test for the temperament with only 70 questions. Takes people about, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes to take it. And then it's all graded out and, and everything and people can learn more about themselves. There's several of these things like Enneagram and there's a lot of different temperament tests, but this is an original. Myers-Briggs was the first and Kiersey Bates took it to something that anybody can take and learn a great deal about. So it's a lot of fun. And then we applied it to horses. So in humans, you know, we talk about extrovert, introvert, like you're the big extrovert. You know that, right? So you say. So you say. So if you and I go somewhere and there's a whole lot of people there, like, okay, you've drugged me to some of our neighborhood barbecues or parties, right? Right. right. So what's the difference between what you do at the neighborhood party and what I do at the neighborhood party? Well, I'm attempting to go out and meet everybody. Yes. <laughs> and you sort of sit back and observe. I, I sit with one or two people right, right. and I, we both have a good time. Definitely. 
definitely. Yeah, yeah, we both have a good time. You're doing your thing, I'm doing mine. Right, exactly. I don't think there's anybody that's safe from not meeting you. So you do. You meet everybody. I can hear your laughter everywhere. Everyone loves you. And I tend to sit with two or three people and have a deeper conversation. And you bring people over sometimes and I meet them. Right, and right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's that whole extrovert. I'm not an introvert, but I'm certainly not an extrovert. I'm kind of a 50-50, you know, half and half kind of thing. But your energy, when we leave a party like that, is your energy up or down? It's always up. Yeah, it's yeah, always up, yeah. right? We leave a party like that. Mine's usually not so up. And if I have a day, which is rare in my life and rare on the ranch, all by my little self, nothing, you know, going on, nobody around, that restores my energy. Right, that right. really pumps me up. I could use one of those days now that we're saying that. And so that's part of it is the extrovert introvert. And then there's four categories. The next category, you and I are also opposites on. So it's how we learn. It's how we take in information in the world. It's like, what do we pay attention to when we're learning? So for you, you pay attention to data and details and measurements and all of that kind of thing. For me, I can't really tell you how I know what I know or the information that I bring in. It's more an intuitive feel, but I know you trust it. You know that right. I, I know what I'm doing. So like, remember, we're looking at a wall in our office now. Remember hanging all those photos of the horses on that wall at the end of the office there? I do. Yeah. Do you remember by any chance the first question you asked me? Because I said, here, I want, these are the ones I want up and I want them like that. And I'm yeah. just waving my I, hand around. I specifically asked you... <laughs> Where would you like them in relation to numbers? Right. The how height, many, how many inches from over, the ceiling? Yeah, how yeah. many inches from the left side? How many inches to the right? Oh, my God. And at that point, and he does a great job with all this, but at that point, I just want to take a hammer, put a nail in a wall, and hang a painting. I, it frustrates me. So to me, I can see it visually in my eye, right? but I don't know how many inches that top one. You probably still know, looking at that picture of Rhiannon, and how many inches down it is. So it's, it's but, how, babe, but how I never, we... I never got the numbers. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true because I get too frustrated. So I kind of said, yep, that one's just right now. Space all the others well, which you did a great job. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a detail person. We were shopping. We used to live in Boulder. We had our facility up in Boulder, Colorado, and we moved down here. We're about two hours south of that now. And we were looking for property and we looked everywhere from what Fort Collins to Pueblo, right? Is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, Just kind of yeah. everywhere up, up and down the corridor to find a place. And a lot of the places that we would look at were not in good shape. This is a number of seven, eight years ago, and they were not in good shape. And that's okay for me because I can easily envision what I want to create, what I want to build, what I want to make it happen. I needed good bones and a good location, but I don't need all the bells and whistles. But for you, you were looking at what is. You were looking at the practical side, right, 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 right. of all of it. So you'd point out, I don't know, you'd point out all kinds of things like if there was a slope to the land that I didn't see, like a I don't know, a grade or right, something right. to the land. Water water <laughs> coming to the house or <laughs> something to that effect. I guess that could be a problem. So you saved us probably on a, on a number of properties from things that I could see. Oh, I could do this here and I could build this here and I could do that there. But you're also very kind about it because we know each other well and we get along well. And if you did that 
too quickly, you would shut me down. You, does that make sense? It does. Like it you'd does. hurt my feelings, right, right? Right, right. So you'd let me go sometimes on some pretty ridiculous properties to figure it out. We finally found the one we found, and but we have put a ton of work into this place, but we both knew it. The right, day we found right. this, we sat on the front steps, which were falling off the house at the time, and laughed and said, I think we found it. This is it, right? And we knew it. Oh, yeah. We knew yeah. it was. We knew we it was it. We love our place. Yeah, we knew it was it. So that's that one, which is S and N, S standing for sensing, N standing for intuitive, and it's how we bring information in. And then the third section is T and F, T being thinking, F being feeling, and it's basically how people make decisions. And that's the one we are the most similar. I'm a 19F, you're an 18F. We're both high feelers. I always say it's like we have we have access to all the emotions. Like we go to the movies, we go to a sad movie, who cries first? It's always me. <laughs> He's honest anyway. So yeah, he's he's tearing up. Sometimes he sleeps in movies too. But if it's a sad movie, he'll tear up and, you know, be be just as emotional about the movie as I am, which I love. I love being with a husband who has that deep emotional field. So I appreciate that a lot. The other side's the thinking side and they are the people who approach things with more logic and they're approaching answering decision-making by contemplation, by logic, by listing, you know, pros and cons and all that. For you and I, if we're making a big decision, it's much more important that our mind feels at peace, if that makes sense. Our intuition feels at peace. Our heart feels at peace. Our gut feels at peace. Like we we feel that it's the right decision to make, right? right? And I, that, I agree. that's really there. And then the last is the J and the P, and it's how you organize time and how you organize your your environment and things that are around you. So we're both very midstream J. Neither one of us are, which is I think why we live well together. We're both fairly organized. We like things, you know, neat and all of that, but we're not real, real high in that score. So we're okay if, you know, it's Saturday afternoon and we're watching movies and blankets and shoes are thrown around. We're okay with that. And then we will both say time to clean up and we just organize the snot out of everything. Like, I'm a piler more than a filer, you know, that kind of stuff. But we're very much in alignment. If we're going to catch a flight, we both want to be at the airport a ridiculous early amount of time and relax at the gate. We don't want to be rushing right through anything. We like breakfast at the airport. Right. Well, <laughs> well plus we like to prepare sort of early for things that are going to happen, happen down the road. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Exactly. And we, both of us are list makers and, you know, love to cross stuff off lists and all that. So, so that's the basics of the four categories. And then not to make it too complex, but what matters, and I think this is a big part of you and I, are the companion letters in this whole system. So we say somebody is an SJ, which is what you are. We're the same in that F, but you're an SJ, I'm an N. F. So they combine differently. And as an SJ, some of your main characteristics are integrity and responsibility. Like if you tell me you're going to fix a fence, I don't have to ask if you did it. You've done it. You know, you get it done. Right, you absolutely right. get it done. For me being the 
NF, it's a different combination with that F. And so for me, it's about appreciating other people. It's a natural one for a therapist or a coach to be an NF and to be appreciated and to appreciate others. I always see the potential in people and I see what they're capable of. And sometimes you see where they let us down or where they don't live up to that potential, but I right. see their potential, right? Oh, yep. we're, we're hearing from Telluride squeaking one of his squeaky toys on the podcast. That's okay, baby. Oh my gosh. So there's differences in all of those things. And I think it's important people learn the differences and then learn how to get along with them. They're not better than, worse than. They're not a box you're stuck in. They're not anything like that, which I think people first get uncomfortable and think, I don't want to be labeled and, and all that. But it's not that. It's it's no different than we're either right-handed or left-handed. And if you are a right-handed person, that's your preference to use that right hand. But if you sprain your right wrist, you can learn to do a lot of things with your left hand. So it's sort of that it has to do with how high your scores are. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. So there's no reason to try to manipulate the test is what no. you're saying. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And it's a lot of fun. It brings a lot of peace if people can understand their preferences and their differences. I think it helps people get along, you know, get along a lot better from knowing it. So it's in there. So I know it's a complicated thing. We use it a lot in the methodology, the EGC method. We utilize the typology a ton, you know, for that. So how do you recognize that through the horses? Well, I'll tell you that horses, and if you're a horseman listening to this podcast, you're very well aware of this. If you think of your horses, you have some that are extroverts and some that are introverts. So I know for sure out in our pasture, we have five different pastures and we have one that has two mares and a gelding in it. And one of the mares is a very high introvert. The other two, the gelding and the other mare are kind of midstream. The gelding's actually pretty much an extrovert. And so we can look out at the pasture anytime you want and you will see the mare her name is also Molly and the mare Molly will be out there and she'll be away from them a pretty good distance she's still in a herd she still can see them and they can see her but she is not one to say well I want to be up in your grill at all and the other two will be pretty close together. So you can see it in horses, introvert, extrovert. When I was showing horses, we would haul to the world show or Congress or something like that. And I actually utilized whether they were introvert or extrovert in what I chose to place them in the line of stalls that we were renting from the showgrounds. So for instance, I had the mare Tori that I've talked about a couple times in the podcast. And Tori was definitely more to the introverted side. And so I would place her in a 
stall where she had the tack room wall on one side and she had a feed room wall on the other side and she didn't have to go nose to nose with any other horses so she could sleep and she could rest on the nights that she was there. If I put her with in the string with all the other horses and all the action going on in the showgrounds, she'd get so exhausted and cranky. So I would just always take it. And then I'd put our friendliest, most extroverted gelding on a corner stall where the public would be coming by two sides of it because he'd want to see everybody. So, you know, he, Scooter, would always get that stall that the whole world could visit him and see him and pet his nose and say how cute he was. He loved that. He liked the extroverted stuff. So a lot of this crosses over to the horses. How horses learn, and that's another thing I forgot to say in the humans, the NF that I was talking about, that's only 6% of the population. 94% of people have that SJ or SP combination. So the NF is by far the most rare. In horses, I find it much higher, a higher percentage of horses that are NFs. And I also find that just like you and I are similar in a couple areas, but really opposite, you know, you're an E, I'm an I, all of that, that it's the same for the horses that we feel like we really fall in love with. If you have a horse and you think this horse is just the best for me, they're usually similar but different. So they'll, they would type out with one or two sections the same as you and one or two important sections very different from people. Opposites definitely attract. So looking at how horses learn, some horses, when you're bringing them into a new learning situation, for instance, they want the repetition like an S person does. They want to practice it again and again to get it down. They seek the preciseness in cues. The rider needs to give exactly the same cue for the same thing that they're wanting each and every time. They're very literal about what's in the arena, what's not in the arena. If something brand new is in the arena, they want to go check it out. So if you turn a horse loose in an arena and you've put something like a giant teddy bear in the center, your S horse will want to go check it out. See, get the data, right? They're getting the deets and the data on it. Your N horse being an intuitive will look at it, size up whether it's a danger or not, and then not worry about it and be with you on it. And then horses make decisions. People sometimes don't think about horses making decisions, but they do. They make decisions and some will make them from the T side through thinking something through. The majority of horses make it from the F side, how they feel about a certain situation, approaching the alpha mare to share her hay. (laughs) You know, they might size that up in two different ways. And then definitely if you're a horseman, you will laugh at this because we all know from clean installs, there are horses that end up leaving all the poop in one corner and keeping the rest of their stall very clean and their water are very clean. And then there are others that it's everywhere and, you know, they poop in their feeder and they don't really care. And that's more the go with the flow type personality. In my book, I have uh, QT, one of my horses, in a blanket. And if you turned QT out in a blanket, he came back with that blanket just as starched and just as pressed and just as neat as the moment you put it on him. And then there was Shadow. God bless Shadow's ho- little hole. But he would come back, it would be all askew, and he would have rolled in the mud, and some of the straps are twisted, and it, it was just <laughs> his mane up and, in different yeah, directions. It chewed, chewed up and everything else. So, you know, that was Shadow. He was a much more go with the 
the flow horse and QT was more precise with everything that he was doing. So they have a lot of that for sure, a lot of that difference as well. And for me, there's certain things they do in life that go with their temperament. Like if you have a racehorse and you want your racehorse to do really well, if your racehorse has the temperament of an SP, they're the seekers of freedom. And with freedom, they're able to really, you know, seek it from internally and inside themselves. And they're much more likely to get it that way. And then you might have a horse that is really a precise dressage horse that might do better as an SJ because they want everything the same and the cues the same and things to be precise and exact all the way through. So we're sitting in my office and Dane just threw Telluride's toy across the printer, across my desk to another area. We are so lucky that pup didn't jump that printer, knock everything (laughs) over. He's trying to figure out how to get there and he's not figuring out it means go around the desk. He's trying to figure it out the wrong way. So anyway, sidebar, Telluride's really helpful on our podcast recordings. So that's, you know, that's what that's about. And I think it's fascinating. The book is called Equisology. It's E-Q-U-U-S, Equus, and then ology, O-L-O-G-Y. So equisology.com if you're interested in the book. And don't forget on the site, there's two free webinars. Oh yeah, absolutely. typology, right? Yep. Anybody can go there. Anybody can watch them. There's two webinars and they're on the human side and they'll give you everything I said today, but in a much deeper version, I think. They're pretty fun PowerPoint webinars that go into that. In the book, I should say in the book itself, there is the test that you take for yourself. And then Carolyn and I created a test that you give the horse. So the test is in two parts because it's a voice for the voiceless, right? So one part of the test are actually things you do with your horse and let your horse express which they are. And we tell you how to check that out. And the other are questions where we ask you questions about your horse and you're answering on what you've observed about your horse. And at the back, we have several different examples of different people who said, this is what I believe on my horse and wrote all about it. It's a really fun interactive book and it'll keep you very busy typing all your horses and figuring out who they are and how they work, really. If you're interested in one of our Equisology camps with Carolyn, you can contact our office at Touched by a Horse. So office at Touched by a Horse. And anytime she can get a few people in one arena somewhere, where she goes there and will do that. She's going to do one camp here at my facility this year. And she lives in Virginia. She's happy to do camps at hers. You can either attend the camp and go play with the horses that she's gathered up for the event, or you can bring your horse in, which is a lot of fun. And the group works with your horse, figuring out is your horse an ESFJ or an INFP or what? who is your horse and how does it matter? How do you apply it in your training and in your love of your horse? So it's a lot of fun. Equisology.com. I want to thank our sponsor, right? Is that where we're at yeah. in this little short podcast. So our sponsor is Hope Through Horses, hopethroughhorses.com. They are a nonprofit that support us all the way through, and we're very grateful to them. They support part sponsorship of this podcast, but they do so much more, and their website really lines it out for you, how they help people get services through Touch by a Horse in multiple different ways. And if you're looking for a session for yourself, a gestalt session, 
session with a horse for yourself. We have over 240 graduates. We have some in the UK, you know, kind of everywhere, Latvia, etc. And we would love to give you an idea of which one of our grads best suits what you're looking for, either geographically, or maybe they do a retreat on a specific topic that you're looking for, or they have a specialty and they have that specialty for what you're looking for as well. I think our next podcast is an interview. So uh, yeah, which are really fun. That'll be a really fun one for people to tune into. Thanks for doing this with me, baby. Yeah, always a great message. If they get the book or they watch it, Dane is an ESFJ. So you'll know what I'm dealing with, an ESFJ. I am a 50-50, a little bit more E, NFJ. So you can look us both up and find out all about us and learn a little bit more. Yeah, you can learn about your horses. You can learn about you, your partner, your spouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody always goes and tests the spouse right away. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back next week. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.